Welcome back to our Mother's Day special on Ushers of Horror. I'm Paolo. Hello, hello. Hello, I'm Axa. I'm Kozan. Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Woo! Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, indeed. Mother, 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 mother. So, I guess the cat's out the bag. This episode, we're going to cover... Two horror movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll categorise them as horror movies for now. They're centre around psychotic mothers. I mean, I it is Mother's Day, but we can all admit our mums can be a bit... A bit crazy. crazy. A bit crazy family, sometimes. Family in general, ain't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so this marks a, a change, because the last three episodes were um, reviews of modern films, and we thought we'd bring it back to our roots this week. Going back to our roots. Going back to my roots. Kicking my boots. <laughs> Kicking, Kicking off my boots. boots. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, thought it was put in, I thought it was put in on my boots. <laughs> Going back to my boots. <laughs> no, really Your prissy boots. <laughs> my prissy little boots. <laughs> Also, happy Mother's Day to everyone that doesn't have a mum, but was raised by family, siblings, aunties, uncles, dads, whatever. Indeed, anyone in between. <laughs> anyone mm. in between. Anyone. It was International Women's Day this week as well. Just, you know, shout out all women. Shout out. Oh, that was a few days ago, wasn't it? I, got I an think e it was yeah. Monday. I got Monday. E but it was like Women's Month as well. Yeah, I got Love an email that. about it. Shout out all the kind of women in the world. Trans all women. The women. <laughs> I, got, women. I, got, I got an email. I got an email about Women's Day. <laughs> Jesus, what era are you living in, Paolo? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I think it was from work, to be honest. <laughs> wow, that's, that's really dry. I think it yeah, named... Every man did pop up a yeah. little thing. There's an there's a Apple Music playlist from Every Man, like Mother's Day playlist. Oh, my God. God, that's that's kind of cute. Every woman, they called it every, every woman. woman. I bet you any money. I hope, yeah. I hope. I hope that those women are inclusive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like this only. Yeah. Well, this is this is the thing, you know, because um, <laughs> there are there are people out there not naming any Australian older feminists um, who are going to be up in <laughs> arms. Yeah, I'm just. I'll just. I'll just put it out there. You know, she. I was actually reading up some interviews about her recently, and she's just gone off the rails. Who? Jermaine Greer. Uh, Jermaine Greer. She's gone completely she has off the rails, saying how rape wasn't actually that bad, and women are being taught that <sighs> rape or yeah. no, she needs top. She, she was. Therapy, she man. needs. She, she needs a lot. Tur she's a massive turf, and she turf. came out against. Um, yeah, like uh, meet the Me Too movement. Yeah. Crazy woman. Because she was saying she when came she came out against against the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yo, this woman, man. This person, she's insane. Insane. She's saying how. She needs to cut it or get cut. She hasn't been cancelled yet. I'm surprised. Yeah, that's because no, there's many tough white feminists out there. Who's the other one? J.K. Um, Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Who J. K. incidentally... Didn't she recently write a novel about a killer trans... A killer trans person. Now... A cross-dressing killer. All jokes aside, that sounds right up my street. I know, like, the, the, the context... A killer trans... Like, dress the killer. That film's love, already... That film's, that, film's, that film's already been made. It has, it has, it has. Book. No, it's true, it's also, true. Also, it just shows... So many people have said this before, that Harry Potter is just based on so many other fantasy books that she's just yeah. pieced. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. After coming out of the world's biggest turf, she's just going to write a movie that's like... About a killer trans person. Well, it goes one step further, doesn't it? And this this killer trans person sniffs women's underwear. It's no, so... it's not even. They're not even trans. It's oh, just it a not? man that dresses like a woman. Oh, which a transsexual. Is what she thinks trans people are. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, her yeah, yeah. perception of trans people. She thinks 
that oh, it's just a man in well, a that dress. Was dress to kill. That was dressed to, dress to kill. But even now, uh, Brian De Palma, he's come out and said well, he apologizes for any offense. However, he thinks it's really wonderful that the gay community have embraced dressed to kill that as like movie. a camp as a camp classic. And he said he apologizes, but he said it's also really good that people are still getting something out of that's it. Right. That's right. So nice. yeah, I that's thought that was because I was I really like worried he was gonna go. Oh. Michael Caine as well. Michael. Michael Caine. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Who's really Michael weird in that film? Kane. You know, he was like, "Did you want to have sex with me?" That's such a good movie. <laughs> <I love laughs> it's one of so the first scenes. Like, <laughs> if you haven't seen Dress to Kill, we do apologize. Fast forward a few seconds, as if you haven't seen it, the twist is well worth seeing with a pair of fresh eyes. Enjoy the rest of the episode and happy Mother's Day. The first, because you don't know who the main character is in the beginning. It's they do a psycho thing like we're already spoiling the movie so like if don't listen to skip this bit skip like this I mean I mean it should give it away I mean dress the kid I mean it's quite obvious no but honest. no no but the first character you think oh it's the main character so she's got out of the shower oh I see what you mean sure yeah. sure and then she's going to a fair she's having an affair with this younger lover and then she's leaving the house as he's sleeping. She sees like a letter from the doctor saying you have like a, some sort of STI and she's like fuck this guy's got an SDI. She leaves the house. She gets in the elevator and then she notices her ring is missing from her ring finger, her wedding ring. And she's like, oh. can this get any worse? And then <laughs> oh, the fucking dress is just there killing her. It's so, but all this Break whole scene, that, that, but there's no diet. That's why I, I mean, I think we will talk about Brian De Palma. We should do a, a Brian De Palma episode. I think we will go on. I mean, at least I'll yeah. bang on about Brian De Palma in a bit when we talk about one of these movies. But, that, there's like 20 minutes in that film where there's no dialogue and it's just a visual assault. You know, the whole bit where she's following him in the um, mm. art museum and then they go back and have sex and then, you know, she's slashed to death in, a, in an elevator. There's no dialogue, but yet you there's so much intricacy. Mm. I love that Such film. A, mm. uh, it's not perfect, but I would highly, I would like rate that an 8 out of 10 because uh, it's just Ooh. so... I love the same, I love the same, same. Yeah, Even less than the Palmer awesome. is fun. He definitely needs a special episode. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, we could, yeah. yeah. Hey, today we're talking about killer moms. And there's been, there's been a lot of killer moms throughout Once you give it, movies. you don't think so initially, but once you actually start thinking about movies, there's a lot. Yeah. You could think, you could even classify Psycho mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. a killer mom. Oh, oh yeah, he was his yeah. mum. He really Norman Bates thought he was his mum. He was in the end, like where like he he's been arrested. They're like Norman Bates is no longer Norman Bates. He still thinks he's his mum. Mm. Why she wouldn't even harm a fly? Why she wouldn't even harm a fly? I'm a fly. Yeah. So good. again, you know what? So, I mean, that is almost like a camp classic as well. You know, there is cross dressing in that film. Well, uh, there is, yeah. Yeah, and I definitely think there was like a queer strip, whether or not it was intended, you can definitely now reappraise it as kind of like a camp classic. A lot, much like Dress to Kill. There's what even the more. Film? There's even more. Maybe Coraline as a concept. Oh, yeah. Terry Hatcher. Where she's like, I'm your other mother, yes. silly. Susan yeah, from Desperate Housewives. That. Also Lois Lane. Lois Shout out Clark. Susan. I love Susan. Yeah. Friday um, the 13th, the original one. Yes, Mrs. Um, Voorhees. Mrs. Voorhees. Pamela. Kill her, mommy. Kill her. I've I thought the the mum from Carrie. Yeah, I guess. Not necessarily a killer. She's not a killer. Oh, she's a bad mum. <laughs> she's a bad. But terrifying. Mom. She's terrifying. A bad mom. Have you guys seen people under the stairs? Yeah. Yes. Oh those my freaks. god. Yeah. Yeah. Though they're not necessarily biological, like mother and father, mm. they're actually they're everything. I thought they were everything. weren't they just so incestual? They were they were like incestual, like leather it's bound, like shotgun tootling racist, Damn. which they're remaking. I know um, Jordan Peele is producing a remake. He doesn't talk much, does he? His tongue's cut out. Mommy caught him trying to call for help one day. Daddy had to teach him to speak no evil, right? Father's one sick mother, you know that. Actually, your mother's one sick mother too. Fair. Wow. Uh, which Do you know what's interesting good? about that film is when I was younger, obviously, like my older cousins got us into horror. But every time we'd go to their house, we'd sit in my little cousin, my older cousin's room, in a circle under a blanket, and she'd tell us horror stories. Oh, okay. Cool. That she'd made up or whatever. And this is the first time I heard children under the stairs. 
and I didn't know it was a movie until years later when I saw like a poster for it, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. was just like, "This bitch!" But the way she, she told it, it was way worse. <laughs> she made it way worse and way scarier. Like it was, yeah. I kind of wish I was there like, as like a kid listening to that because that must have been honestly almost pissed my pants. I actually remember it as well. I remember the day. It was like November. It was very Ooh. scary. Dark, and this cold. was my cousin's thing as well, always trying to like scare us and put horror films on, like even to the point where there was like a park right down the end of her road, and she like swore that she'd see a witch under the lamppost. And the way she knew it was a witch is that the feet were backwards, and that's like a major thing of like about witches in Pakistan and stuff like that. The sign is that their feet are always backwards, and we'd sometimes like go out to look for this witch or like try to see if she was there. Obviously, never saw her. Scare the shit out I, feel, of I can see a short film coming out, actually. I can dun, see dun, that's dun. actually quite a good premise. Fund me. Yeah. <laughs> Fund us. Let's do this. Scream 2. Mum and Dad, the 2008 version. I haven't seen the Nicolas Cage film. I don't yes. know if you Selma Blair seen. in the 2017 one, yeah. Selma Blair's Okay, cool. And The Last House on the Left. Even though it's only the last act, and it's more done out of love-filled revenge. The mum still does bite a guy's dick off and slit a woman's throat. Yikes. Pretty killer. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah, don't underestimate the mothers. But what about the brood? <gasps> God, how did yes. that... God, yes. That's a great show. I was just thinking about it and I was like... Ugh. I don't want to go too much into it because it's a freak. <laughs> Who remembers... Does anyone remember Mama? Do you remember that movie? What, the Guillermo del Toro produced thing? Yes, and who yeah. had the lady that won the Academy Award like the year before? Jessica Chastain? Chastain? Yeah, Jessica. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Mama. that. The ending was okay. I remember. The ending was. Ending. I remember. No, I remember thinking the ending. I remember thinking it was an okay film. I remember seeing it in the cinema. I thought the ending was... It was a... okay. It was, it was fine. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen this film. It looks fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It's based on a short, isn't it? There's so many crazy moms out there. Um, oh, Mummy Dearest. No wire hangers! What's wire hangers doing in this closet when I told you no wire hangers? There's a crazy mother archetype, even though oh, there's yeah. no... Well, well, she doesn't kill anyone. She doesn't kill anyone, but they're pretty nutty. We're going down, like, the crazy... I think we're getting ahead of ourselves, because this... Cause the f- I have one more. Good night, mummy. Good night, mummy. There we are. Good night, mummy. Mm, is she's she evil? N- is she not? Well, the spoiler, but that's the whole thing. That's the whole oh. thing. Is she evil? Is she not? Same people that made The Lodge, that film. Oh, yeah. I guess that's kind of like an evil stepmother. Sort of. She wasn't evil, she was just un- unwell. Anyway... On with the episode. Rated X. When I put those clothes on, Something happens to me. Something frightening. From the loneliness and simplicity of an isolated farm to the sophisticated elegance of a country estate, Straight Jacket mounts to a crescendo of electrifying suspense. Sinister. <gasps> Frightening. Bill! Bill! Don't you go in that room! Joan Crawford in a shattering screen portrayal. A frantic woman pressured by straight jacket tension. Leave me alone! You let go of me! Listen to me! Just call me Lucy. I wouldn't like my little girl to think I was trying to take her fellow away from her. Carol and Michael are going to be married! And nobody's gonna stop it! Ingeniously designed to shock and startle. Straight jacket may go beyond the limits of your ability to endure suspense. Mother! He's gone. Tell me. 
The author of the famed novel Psycho, the director of the widely acclaimed chiller Homicidal, the co-star of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, join forces to create a frightening classic of shock and suspense. And that was the trailer to William Castle's high camp psychological melodrama, Straightjacket. Released in 1964 and directed by the aforementioned William Castle, who also directed House on the Haunted Hill and The Tingler, all starring horror legend Vincent Price. Straightjacket stars screen icon Joan Crawford, Lee Majors in a first role, and the always lovely to see George Kennedy. And written by Robert Bloch, who helmed the book that Hitchcock's Psycho was based on. And quick side note, it's very interesting to see, watching this film, there were a lot of similarities, I thought, between Psycho and this film. So it, was, it made kind of uh, logical sense. The film follows Lucy Harbin, played by Crawford, who decapitates her husband and his mistress, all while her four-year-old daughter Lucy watches. Twenty years later, Lucy, now all grown up and played by Diane Baker, brings her mother home from the psychiatric ward. However, as tension builds and psyches break, heads will roll and axes will chop. The film is a continuation of the tradition that surprise hit What Happened to Baby Jane started, starring Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Baby Jane was an unexpected hit and kick-started what is now known as, it's a number of uh, names this genre is known as, the Grand Dame Guignol, or the psycho biddy, or what I really like, the hag exploitation genre, which mixes, <laughs> which mixes elements of the horror thriller genre with a strong female character who's usually quite unhinged, and it usually mixes high camp elements, melodrama, and sometimes musical. Uh, I don't know. To start off, Norman Bates eats your heart out, really. Uh, Joan Crawford doesn't put a foot wrong in this film. Uh, mm -mm. She carries herself with such like gravitas and overshadows everybody actually in this film. You know, at one she moment really she's like she's sad, the next minute she's mad, the next minute she's completely over the top, the next minute she's trying to seduce mm -hmm. the daughter's boyfriend. And the way they map out her psychology is quite touching at times. You know, when, when she first comes home and you think, you know, she's going to be mm. this insane hag and she's like, I'm not ready for strangers. To me, everyone's a stranger. I thought that was a really sad Aww. touch, you know, and it, you actually sympathise with her. What did you guys think? I've got quite a lot written about it. Well, first of all, I love Joan Crawford, mm -hmm. just from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. What an incredible freaking film. But in this film, first of all, the opening scene, iconic. I love the narration of it, the way it starts. Read all about like, it. Read all about it. Read all about it. it. <laughs> Read all about it. This guy's like narrating like so. Uh, you know, talks about Jane is a you know older woman, and she married a younger man, and he married her for her money. Basically, just like setting the scene, and you know, he's narrating like, oh, he's about to cheat on her with this girl that he just met, and he thinks that the baby's asleep. Mm -hmm. But when and I think that scene kind of reminded me of Antichrist. Oh, fair. At the beginning of Antichrist. Yeah, but the opposite way, I feel like, you know, when you're like staring at something really horrible happen mm. and you like can't do anything and you're just like there shocked. I don't know, I can't remember that, but I thought it was incredible. And the twist in the film, <sighs> literally, God. literally didn't God, see it coming. I, was, I screamed. I fully screamed. Did you actually? <laughs> yes, I did. I was like, ah! <laughs> not in a terrifying way. No, no, sure, way. sure, sure. But in like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, like, it was quite an energetic. It was fun. It, it was. It pumped me up. And the thing is, when you're watching a film that's like from 1963. Four. 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 Wow, I was close. I was close. 1964. They probably filmed it in like, 63. You think it's going to just be like a drama, like, you know, crazy mom comes home after 20 years and she's going to be a bit, you know, psychotic or whatever. But the way the twists and the turns is just. It's just too good. And I love the costume. Everyone's like, everyone, the way everyone's dressed in the film is amazing, like the costume design and everything like that. I think it's great. The twist would have a, what's his name? M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Green Brown. <laughs> Be kicking himself going, damn, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I write that? Yeah. <laughs> I write that. Exactly. <laughs> no, he couldn't ever write that. No, it's too, I mean, the twist is more along the lines of a, a, a Brian De Palma style mm. film. You know, Body Double in particular. If anyone's seen, Body double all this, he'll know 
instantly what I mean. Um, it's just so insane. I think we'll get onto the twist. Um, I was going to say about uh, Joan Crawford. In the 40s, she was like one of the biggest actresses. She was won an Academy Award for Mildred Pierce, was in all these film noirs, then was nominated again twice in the 50s for Academy Award. Like She was in Sudden Fear with Jack Palance, which is a fun mm-hmm. uh, um Possessed, another film noir. And then like in the 60s, I guess... You know, like Hollywood back then, like in the golden age of Hollywood, like women, like obviously after they get past a certain age, the roles dry up. Unlike with men, the four women, the roles just yeah, dried up. You're right. They're but like, she, oh, you're not, you're not paying anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You've yeah, exactly yeah, the sex appeal has, has gone. Yeah. But then in the which isn't true. But then it, in we, the sixties, no, 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 she remade her career with just doing all these B movie horror films. Like obviously started paying the she needed to pay the bills. Obviously, probably back then in the forties and fifties, she would have thought she was too good to do these horror films. But well, same with Betty Davis, who went and did the the nanny for Hammer, and even uh, what was the film? Is it near not near dark? Wait till dark with um, Alan Arkin. Wait, wait until dark is wait a, until dark. Audrey Hepburn. That's the one. That's right. it's a little bit more classy, I think. Wait until dark than this film. Uh, not that it's a bad thing. Mm. This is a little more, I guess. Wait till dark. No, but Joan Crawford. Yeah, this, she was been. She's been in a lot of great, like horror films in the sixties. Like guys, I've just, I've just clocked. What? That Cin- Cindy Crawford is her daughter, man. Is Joan Cr- Cindy Crawford? Yeah, maybe it's not the Cindy Crawford. It's just a Cindy Crawford. Oh, just a. Cindy. Oh yeah, no, it's not nah. the Cindy Crawford. Yeah, no. I thought that would be <laughs> that, No, because that film Mummy Dearest is based on the book that her daughter wrote. Oh, was it her daughter? The daughter wrote a book like how she did, how she didn't get on with her mum and her mum. And she was like a monster, wasn't she? Yeah. She was like this uh, yeah. I guess I don't know. The the mum didn't give her all the money in the world, and she quite. I think it's quite like she didn't like. A how entitled? Thing. Very entitled to write a book about your dead mum to be like she was the worst of the worst. The whatever happened to Baby Jane? The caretakers. Straight jacket. I saw what you did, and Berserk. Mm, yes, 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 yes. And Trog, her final film, which was a British sci-fi horror. Really, Trog. The Trog. T O R G. Just called Trog. T R O G. Yeah. Proper British like Trog. The Trog. Hey, the Trog. The Trog. But yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, uh, and Straight Jacket and I saw what you did were both made by William Castle. Oh right, yeah. okay. I saw this film with my mum, and uh, she at the beginning she was like, "No, this is this is silly." Like, oh, she's like, "We're gonna spoil it now." So, spoiler alert coming. She thought, "Oh, this is so silly. Why is this, this woman's clearly berserk? Like, why is the daughter?" Because she comes out of the psychiatric hospital and. And then people start, slowly start dying around them. And my mum's like, why is the daughter helping her out? Oh, uh, this is clearly sick. Because it's her daughter. Wouldn't yeah, that's what I was, first, I was saying yeah. to my mum. Wouldn't you have protected your mum? And she was like, no, this woman's crazy. <laughs> Wait, I swear your mum works in like this like, like this, like bit of a hospital as well. Yeah, she does. Uh... <laughs> so she probably knew a lot. She ain't more hoping about no it. one getting away with her. She ain't yeah. hoping. I don't think. I don't think you're meant to do that if you work in a psychiatric union. You're not meant to help people kill. But anyway, she was like, "This is ridiculous." And like, there were shadows of like the axe builder, and it looked exactly like Joan Crawford. And I was saying to my mom, "That could be anyone's shadow." Like, I thought Joan Crawford was the killer as well, but I was like trying to like cue you wind her up. Wind her. I was like, could be anyone's shadow. She's being framed. Surely not. Because I kind of sympathised with Joan Crawford. She killed her husband mm. and his mm. mistress. Like, they shouldn't have fucked with her, should they? And then she killed the doctor who was quite rude by just showing up on her. Yeah, and then she... I yeah. But then the twist of the century was that it was a daughter all along. trying to gaslight the mother that was a terrifying scene because it looks so fucking weird like you see well, she's got a mask they're, on they're wearing she's got the mask on yes so because she's film, a sculptor herself yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. when joan crawford comes back from the psych ward her daughter's her mom's like oh, what you've been doing all this time and she's like come see my art studio and she's sculpting like lambs and cows and deer and she's like look i made this exact replica of your face because I never forgot who you were, and her mum sort of, you know, has this heartfelt moment. Mm. And then that small scene links back to, like, near the end of the film, where Joan Crawford's gone to apologise to her daughter's potential in-laws because she mm. caused the scene at the house. 
and every, everyone thinks Joan's gone crazy. Everyone thinks she's killing people at this point, that everyone's gone to search for her in their cars. She goes back to apologize, but what you don't realize is her daughter made a sculpture of her face using, wait, made a mask of her face using the sculpture that she made. So she'd been planning this the entire fucking time. Yes. Because she wanted to marry rich, and but the pair, the in-laws did not approve because she was a working-class farmer country girl. Thought, I'm going to get my mum to come out of, when she comes out of the ward, I'm going to frame her that she's killed everyone, including the in-laws, and then no one can stop on She had it planned the basically. whole time, and you think she's an innocent young daughter. That The roles are played really well, everyone... Yeah, really mm -hmm, the performance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A lot of this film is just Joan Crawford screaming. Pretty much, or just, just staring in her and Betty Davis around. are incredible at just screaming, just acting. Yes, like incredible <laughs> actresses. Manic, honestly. Manic. That's you know what I thought. What was so such an uncomfortable scene to watch, and I thought, oh my god, like I bet there's mothers there out like out there like that. Is when um, Joan Crawford meets her daughters boyfriend for the first time slash fiance and she's like got her all dressed up and the, the whole thing is is that her daughter goes out to buy her clothes exactly what she wore 20 years ago mm. when she was caught, mm. killing mm -hmm. killing her husband and shit so she's trying to take her back and even the mum's like i act crazy when i look like this because i'm trying to live in the past like, i shouldn't do this so she's worn the dress and the wig and everything and then the boyfriend comes around and she's on him like, she's all over him, like, touching his face, his lips. Like, I was so uncomfortable. It was disgusting. Incest at that point. It was just like, oh, God, stop touching your daughter's boyfriend. It's really weird. Because <laughs> she, she's right up in his in his personal space. And that was the... Because at that moment, you still think that she's the crazy mm. one. And I thought even that alone, the, the psychology of that was really well thought out. Where, you know, it's got that Freudian idea of, you know, the old versus the new and how, you know... She's now reliving her past. Trauma. Yeah, well, she's being triggered, and that's the whole thing. <laughs> yes, yes, like, yes, she is when being she, triggered. Yes. When she comes home, and she's in the in her in her daughter's studio, and she's like, "I'm not ready to meet anyone yet. Like, please, I just want to meet my family." And then she's like, mm. but "Everybody's a stranger," which means she also she she knows she needs to get to know her daughter and the few people in her life first because they're still strangers to them. She don't want to meet no one new. She don't want to meet your man. Why are you trying to push him into this? I've not seen you for twenty fucking years. Well, even the um the whole thing about um she's making models of lambs and uh, deer, and it's all on a farm. I feel there's a lot of like foreshadowing and connotation. You know, the fact that at first you think all these people are like lambs to the slaughter for um, uh, Joan Crawford's yeah. character, and it isn't until afterwards you realise that. It's the daughter who is, you know, just pulling the strings and all the of The shepherd, because she's the sculptor. The shepherd. Oh my God. The shepherd. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, the shepherd. But yes. also what, like, yeah. what makes this, like, what would be like William Castle, the king of, like, horror B movies? But what makes these films even funner is, like, they're such silly, bizarre movies, but, like, just like with what happens with Baby Jane, you have, with Joan Crawford or even with Betty Davis in that film, two incredible actors like these people were like mm. the top of their game mm. like mm. the mm. best mm. act the cream of the crop like you don't get that with a lot of horror what a great term now a lot of yeah. great horror films like the best horror films are the ones with actors you don't know of because it's like it's like oh I've, I've not seen that character before i've not seen that actor before. Mm. i'm familiar with them but with this like you have like the cream of the crop of acting like acting their fucking like boots off in it <laughs> so it's just such a pleasure to watch it's such a pleasure to watch and um what's his name's in it george kennedy as well who was also in um after dark and a lot of 80s slasher films as well and it which one was he does he play the, un the uncle he was like the farmhand who tried to blackmail he was great he was amazing. he's a really good he's actor he he is a good actor he's a really good actor i love him he's so good when he because you only see him like walk around like in the background but when you finally see him like interact and he has his not big scene you're like what the fuck like mm -hmm. this is supposed to be a b movie and all these people are just like they're too good which is why like they are. even though they it's just are. set in a farmhouse and like the plot isn't i mean it is a bit mad but it's just like you think it's just gonna be like a kitchen sink drama kind of vibe and then it's not twist and turn it just goes completely off the rails mm. uh linking into what you were saying before about the reason for the daughter wanting to set this 
whole thing up. I did feel there was somewhat of a kind of, again, I don't know how intentional it was. A, a feminist character, you know, when Betty Davis is refusing to approach, she's like, I'm not ashamed of what I did. I did my time. Mm. Um, and she's refusing to buckle to any man at mm. all. And I do feel that she's almost like a feminine psycho and it's an exploration about Joan female. Crawford. The Joan Crawford's character. Yeah. And also even more about, uh, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but the whole rich and poor divide. You know, yeah. there, there are like two or three big scenes that are specifically about that. You know, it's it's the richer parents who have this really um, like warped idea of mental health. And yeah, it's kind so of the reason right. this whole thing blew up in the first place. And I think you're so right about John Crawford like being this like, because, bro, up until the 70s, like women were being slapped for hysteria. Like, God knows what an asylum in the 60s would have been like, especially for like an older woman. And she was there for 20 freaking years. And she's kind of like, I'm the fact that she's saying throughout the film, like she's trying to set her own boundaries. She's trying to tell everyone, like, I do not need this. I'm not ready to meet strangers. I don't want to wear these clothes. I just want to move on with my life. And everyone around her is sort of like coddling her and like trying to make her feel even more on edge. I mean, especially her daughter. And like when she meets the other family, she's like, no, yes, I've been there, but I'm not. I'm not ashamed. And that's what the daughter says as well, which is why you mm -hmm. think the entire time the daughter's on her side and you never expect. And it's heartbreaking in a sense because mm. when she's hiding the car, when you think she's killed, when you think it's her who's killed the doctor and she's hiding the car, you're yeah. like, oh my God, she's, she's a caring daughter. And it's like, no, no. She's back in her mind. That's what yeah. I thought as well. I was just like, rah, you're ride or die. Rate that. <laughs> like you're, you're you're allowing your mom to be crazy but you just want her by your side i think that was cute you just want her by yeah exactly yeah. exactly and sort of like trust the process of sort of like you know how the aunt is like no send her back to the asylum she's crazy she had a crazy dream send her back but oh, with the seven heads yeah, with yeah. the seven heads which then you find out that the daughter made in her studio and then took away when she was out the room fucked just so fucked mind games to a different level but how that aunt was like, send her back to the asylum. But then the daughter was like, no, she needs community. She needs craft. She needs care. She needs loving people around her to show her the affection. That's what you need when you come out of an institution like that, especially mm. if it was in the 60s. So I think you're right about what you're reading into. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Nice. There's so much <laughs> great trivia about this film. Apparently, Lee Majors, first of all, adopted his stage name on the set of this movie. Because apparently wow. Crawford had difficulty pronouncing his real name. What's his real name? Harvey Lee Yeary. What? <laughs> that's, that's not that hard. Lee Yeary. Well, knowing Joan Crawford, she probably like put little effort into it. Like, that's a different name. You need something better. Great <laughs> <laughs> she Is she known as being a complete bitch in real life? To I some mean, people. Well, really some people bitch. say she was hard to work with. And other people don't. Because she, yeah, in... Uh, The one of the reasons whatever happened to Baby Jane is such a good film is because of the on-screen chemistry of Betty Davis and Joan Crawford absolutely despised each other. The second film that they were going to make, Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, they were also meant to be in together and Joan Crawford was like, there's no way I'm working with this bitch. Oh, she actively was like, no, I'm not doing it. Joan Crawford was also really upset that she wasn't nominated for an Academy Award for whatever happened to Baby Jane, but Betty Davis was. Joan Crawford, the sly, sly dog she was, she hated Betty Davis this much. She asked all the women that weren't going to be be there if she could accept the award on their behalf. And anyway, Betty Davis didn't win. Another actress won. And lo and behold, Joan Crawford accepts the award. Oh my God. Giving the most smug speech, like just smiling yes, at Betty yes. Davis. Oh my God. It's what so... a fucking queen. Great her. But yeah, the gimmicks. Uh, uh, she was a widow of someone who used to be the CEO of Pepsi and then she was still on the board. So there's a scene where she's like opening a large carton of Pepsi. Yes. Apparently they changed the cast slightly and redid the script when Joan Crawford was added to this movie because she was Joan Crawford and she got to decide stuff like that. Uh, the end of the film, the Columbia pictures, the head is missing on the woman. Yes, I've noticed if that. If anyone noticed that. It's on the floor. Yeah. It's almost like a comedic touch to it at the end. Yeah. It's so good. And uh, William Castle was, like, known for, like, gimmicks and, like, at films, like, putting, like, cutouts and stuff, like, in 13 Ghosts, he had, like, skeletons flying everywhere. No, 
no, in 13 Ghosts, you had the three glasses in a, and you had two different glasses. You wear this one to see this sort of ghost and another one to wear another sort of ghost. In House on Haunted Hill, like at the theatres, there would be like a floating skeleton. Love that. In this one, there were like people with axes at the theatres, like. <laughs> but William. Because wasn't it the Tingler? The Tingler, what was that? that? He had like an electric shock in the Yes. Chair. Like yes. Time. And he would like. Yes. He would rig these chairs up to electrocute Hell. people. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to about Joan Crawford apparently being difficult. Apparently William Castle said they got on like a house on fire, and he. he... Do you know what? I bet she wasn't difficult. I bet she was just opinionated and. Probably. probably as a woman like, as well. I don't want to do that. Exactly. She was 100% a perfectionist, 100%. William Castle's probably like, oh my god, I've got Joan Crawford in one of my movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was probably, he was just happy she was there. In it. Saying that, I mean, he also did work with Vincent Price. As well. In the 60s, I think he got more acclaim to his name. And he got to produce uh, Rosemary's Baby, directing House on Haunted Hill. I think he got a bit more credit to his name, a bit more clout. And even this film, I feel there's a lot of nice crossovers between a director, John Waters, who we're going to talk about in a bit, and a lot of his films, you know, the fact that Pink Flamingos is set in a farm and there's a really yeah. memorable chicken scene. Oh in this God. film, there's a memorable <laughs> chicken mm. scene. And you know what I mean? And yeah. I just thought there's a lot of, um, like, lineage with John Waters and Straight Jacket in particular. And in particular, mm. a film we'll talk about afterwards where there's an actual image of the film. But I'm getting ahead. Don't get ahead of yourself. Good soundtrack too. Yes. Soundtrack. Yes. I'm just about to say that. I really enjoyed the bit where she turns on the vinyl and just starts dancing. And then I she sparks a light on the vinyl. I was loving it. That's so suave. It's such an iconic Oh, movie. what a babe. Yeah, I love Drone Crawford. So good. In it. <laughs> uh, also, the black and white, I feel... Again, I don't know how intentional it was, but the... The black and white does heighten the film, mm, you know, a where lot. there's a lot of shows and, you know, Joe Crawford's eyebrows yes. are like, oh, Yes, they are. The no, shadows in this movie He's ahead of the incredible. game. Big brows are back, you know. Yeah. Well, they they are back. But yeah, <laughs> yeah the are. black and white did definitely help out with this film because the shadows are really... I feel like it was way more, like, saturated and way more contrast. It was just, like, even... And great nursery rhyme as well. Yes. <gasps> oh, my that, God. The... I can't sorry, remember how her it daughter went. is psycho. Her daughter is fucking. We, ha we have to we have she's, to include it in the in We'll yeah. put yeah, yeah, I'll put it in. As soon as I finished watching, I was like, we're gonna put that in the end of the episode. Hopefully there's a there's a sound clip somewhere of it. She oh, recorded just... a fake nursery rhyme and put it in her handbag so when her mum went shopping to buy her clothes, she was like trying to make her mum think like she was crazy. Yeah. That is some yeah. next level of gaslighting. That's just that is that is just but it's a prime example of it, you know. If, I, it's just for for a, like a schlocky B film. It's so well conceived and held, holds up so well now. In fact, probably better now. Now you've got all this pretext for it. Um, really great movie. Really great. Film. Another another thing about trivia about this movie. Obviously, Joan Crawford wants to be the star. the the end, The film was meant to end with the daughter clutching at the mask, screaming, "She's insane! She's insane!" was like no i want to be the focal point so she, they they changed the ending to similar to like psycho how they explain the plot of the film lol that's so funny yeah where she's at the end and she's talking to um her brother, her brother, or her yeah. brother? yeah she's like you know she had it planned all along and i guess this was used for this and you know this was for that <laughs> the car and the skull and all of this yeah. And she's and she's so softly spoken, just standing there all poised, like, you know, I don't know what she's just standing in the room folding her clothes, whatever she's doing, she just looks great and she's just like And then it's like, you know what, she's about about to live her life now. In it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, but to be fair, she was like, I'm gonna help out my daughter now. She really I wasn't there for her. I need that was because she's not a bad sweet. person. This is the great She's not thing. a bad she person. A bad she's person not at all. She's not. And she feels sorry because she her daughter's fucked up because of her. Mm. Yeah. And also, yeah, I do rate her. I do stand John Crawford. Hundred percent. Axing her husband <laughs> and his mistress. And her mistress. The way she acts them as well. No the scene's the way so she good. Stumbles on the axe in the beginning of this. In the beginning of the film, she stumbles on, yeah. on the axe. That's like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in one of those really bad like CVS commercials where they're like on like late night TV where they're trying to sell you something mm -hmm. and they're like accidentally dropping something or accidentally falling. It was like, have so you walked into done. your husband sleeping with the maid? Do you need an axe to sort him out? Kind of? yeah, <laughs> the, the sound mixing in this is so good when the axe starts hitting the bodies. Oh, so much fun. So, so yeah. much fun. And there's so many standout sort of high camp, just insane sequences. 
Um, but I don't want to say them all because I think part of the joy is just sitting watching this sort of like high camp melodrama play out. What? What's your? Should we move on to ratings? Five. Five. I'm in two minds because I was going to give it a three. Why? I, and then, and then, then the ending happened, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my god, this changed everything." everything. I everything. was the same thing. I was watching, it and I was like, "No, this is a good. This is a good film. This is good. <laughs> it's got great scenes in it. Like the opening is great. Great imagery. Rate it. The end. The end. Thirty minutes. Literally, it was just like I was. I was screaming. I was on the edge of my seat. I was just like, <gasps> "Oh my god! Oh my god! No!" It was just like, <laughs> yeah. It was dramatic for me, yeah. and I love that. And knowing that Dawn Crawford is such a bad bitch, like she really is. Yeah, she really, she really makes this film. Really does. And you can watch it, but I think it's a film you could watch twice and see different things. You know what I mean? The, the film is almost designed to be watched a second time, so you can go back and be like, "Oh." I still sad. also think it's really good for like just to see strong female roles back then. I know mm. like loads of films will still have like loads of like male cast and stuff, but same with like Baby Jane and that shit. Like you were saying, what's it called? Hag exploitation. Hag yeah, hag exploitation movie. <laughs> uh, well, I reckon I'll give it four point five. You know, I'll do the same. I'll do the same so we can boost up the the, the half the point and give it an extra stuff. You know what I mean? Um, if if you want to rent this movie, you can rent it for about three pound forty nine on YouTube, Google Play, mm. Apple TV, and Amazon. So. It is available. But fuck Jeff Bezos. I watched it on YouTube. But yeah, it's it's available to rent on most platforms. It's fun. It's, uh, it's really, it's, really fun. And it's an hour and a half as well. It's yeah. not even... It's, it's, I, mean, I think it's like an hour and 33 minutes. Life doesn't have to be ugly. Look at the birds out there. Listen to their call. Ooh-wee. This is the story of Beverly Sutphin. Scramble eggs, anybody? A devoted mother. I'm so happy I could chip. You know how I hate the brown word. A loving wife. I think the kids are awake. We could be very quiet. I'm ready. Honey, you're hot tonight. <laughs> and a suspected murderer. Oh, kids, are you doing your homework? How did America's number one mom turn into one of America's most wanted? Is she really guilty? Are you a serial killer? Chip, the only serial I know anything about is Rice Krispies. Is she the only one with a motive? Believe that damn litter bugger. Give her a happy face. Or is there someone else? I'm stood up. I'll kill that jerk. With an axe to grind. Oh. You'll never get a boyfriend. Meanwhile, this small Baltimore suburb Please. keeps getting smaller. And smaller. It's been a crazy day, hasn't it? Savoy Pictures asks the burning question Is your wife mental? Is Beverly Sutphin just a sweet suburban housewife? Well, I don't know what it is about today, but I feel great. Cookie? Or is she. Serial Mom? Kathleen Turner, Sam Waterston, and Ricky Lake. Serial Mom. Every woman wants to be wanted. Just not for Murder One. Beverly, I've read all about this. Is it menopause? Bad of the ball. Bad of the ball. And that was a trailer for Serial Mom, a 1994 American black comedy crime film starring Kathleen Turner as Serial Mom. Directed by John Waters. This this has now become a cult classic. One of my favourite Kathleen Turner movies. She plays a happy housewife, Beverly Sulpfin. And uh, this movie, like all his movies, is set in Baltimore. And in A Suburban Housewife, has a charmed life with her two kids and husband. Matthew Lillard, who's now Shaggy and was in the original Scream, is her son. And Ricky Lake plays her daughter. And her husband, Sam Watson, uh, who's a, a successful dentist. 
However, she may be a serial killer. Instead of like what you would think, oh my days, oh she's insane. They really are supportive and they stick by her and homicide after homicide. She almost becomes a cult hero, has her own sort of following. Absurd movie. It's it's pretty insane. It's pretty vintage John Waters and pretty camp. Very camp, but it's absolutely hilarious. Me and my mum were like wetting ourselves watching this film. Absolutely hilarious. It's so good. Do you know at the beginning of the film where it says this is based on true events and true accounts and is a true story and all of that, yeah? My sister doesn't really always watch the films I watch because she's always doing her own thing, but she loves true crime. So as soon as she heard that, she came and sat down and watched it with me. But as soon as the film started, you're like, wait a minute, this is a fucking comedy? Mm -hmm. But it's done so well because it's like, it starts off with like, you know, the cookie cutter, American dream family, you know, husband, wife, like two kids. And she just like, doesn't, can't stand swearing or anything like that. But is it like someone's been, her neighbors, been getting prank calls obscene obscene phone obscene phone calls Mm. and has been sent a threat letter like you know the ones where they like cut out pictures of that's right yeah so yeah 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 and what does it say on it so the police come around our house they were like oh have you heard anything about this she's like oh no never never in my life i would never even say these words out loud and to the point where she doesn't let her kids look at it it what does it say on it pussy yeah pussy yeah like it's too obscene she's like no 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 it's too much for your eyes. You can't look at it. Like she's so <laughs> proper and prim, you do not suspect her of the one. Well, fun bit of trivia: when she phones up the woman who actually uh, is it Mink Stone, the actress who's yes. been in every John Waters. She was with the uh, the Dreamland crew back when they were making Pink Flamingos. She's the only one mm. I think who's still alive, but also has been in every. And the whole hello cocksuckers residence that apparently is based on boy george's answer machine apparently if you phone boy george no and he doesn't pick up hello cocksuckers residence is what will you what you'll be met with so apparently wow. that, that that that's a riff on um boy george's answer machine <laughs> also i'm so glad kathleen turner got the role because in pre-production waters had uh, suggested even meryl streep Kathy Bates or Glenn Close, all wonderful actresses, but Kathleen Turner was perfect for this role. She has a particular yeah, charm so well. to her. Yeah, she's also just her hilarious. Voice. Her yes. voice, her musky manny voice. She's just so so funny. Like she played Chandler's father, the drag queen in Friends, and even in that, she's just absolutely hilarious. She's also the mum in the Virgin Suicides. Yes, well, she is, and she's right. scary yeah. in that film. Mom. She's like scared. almost like the, the the realistic scary version of a serial mum mm. finds the murder. She's just really like Christian and keeps her kids inside. She, have you ever seen Crimes of Passion as well, the Ken Russell mm. film? No, no. That's she's really good in that as well, and that's like a an insane high camp film with Anthony Perkins playing a priest who's sniffing um, methamphetamines. The whole she's really good in that as well. But isn't like the the whole plot of like serial mum is that she doesn't like any injustice and she's you know, even, even like she is who she is. Like you see her as this like perfect housewife and like proper Christian and all this. And she kind of stands by that in a really cynical way. If anyone offends her or offends her children or offends her family. They're dead. They're, they're dead. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're dead. Don't worry. But, but you just, you know. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who is the first and oh, and the reason, the reason she hates, what's her name? Dottie Mink. No? Did I say that right? Yeah, the neighbour. Yeah. The reason you find out that she's phone calling her all of these horrible, horrible names is because she has a flashback scene where she's driving, you know, going to like the supermarket and she sees someone like drive out and she waves to them. You know, she's about to take their parking spot. And then just as she's about to turn, Dottie Mink like pulls up and takes her space. And you see her smile just drop. <laughs> and it is explained that that is the sole reason she hates Dolly Mink. Yeah. The only reason, because she took her parking spot. Really small Great things part. piss her off. Like, uh, later on, the film, gets, she gets even even more easily annoyed. And there's the latest, so Matthew Lillard, her son, works at a video store. Also, cool bit of trivia, in one bit, that he he always puts on films in in uh, on his little TV in the vi- in the video store, and at one bit they were actually watching Straight Jacket, and it's the scene where Joan Crawford's chopping up her husband and his mistress. Oh yeah, 
It's, um, that's actually the video store that John is in John Waters' hometown where he Yeah. Oh, wow, cool. She gets so annoyed because the lady wouldn't rewind. The lady who comes and buys uh, videos didn't rewind the VHS tapes. <laughs> Even that is enough. Even that is enough. Oh, yeah, and then she goes, what does she rent? She wants to rent Annie. Annie, right? yeah. And she goes home and she puts it in and, like, you hear, and, and then you hear, like, the intro to Annie. No, you hear. Yeah, yeah. The sun will come out tomorrow. tomorrow. And apparently that was one of the most expensive thing parts of the film was getting oh the, the copyright yeah the wow it was like eighty thousand or something and she kills her with like a leg of lamb that's yeah the- oh my god no she sees the knife she sees the knife and she's like nah this bitch don't deserve a knife i'm gonna hit her with this lamb oh oh so good and who was the other neighbor she hates because she don't recycle Oh yes. god, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. The, the older recycle. woman. Is it the? Is it an old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Right, the woman with the le- with the glass eye. Yeah, that's right. And the bit with the um, where she's in the toilet and she gets the spear and like pulls out the guy's liver, and it's like mm. there's a bit oh, of liver hanging. God. The and like the sound effects, like when the liver's at the end of the sick and it's like clapping <laughs> and it's all like jelly. So much fun. She's, like, trying to fling it off. So gross. I think this is prime waters, and as well, you know, for me, John Waters' best film is, is Pink Flamingos, and you know, after Hairspray became a bit more mainstream, but I feel this is the perfect, you know, mixer of you know, old John Waters meets new John Waters. I guess it's a more friendly high camp version of Natural Born Killers, <laughs> where it's sort I was of, about to say that it's like family friendly, family friendly way. Natural Born Killers in a, in a sense, you know, where it's about you know how serial killers take on this like mythical almost comic book-like superhero. She is all, you know, out of all the serial killers in the world, she's the one you would want to respect. You know, she's a caring mother Mm. who will literally kill for her family. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like, everyone, like, the police is suspicious of her. Like, she's the one, like, making these phone calls and is the, like, you know, the reason for all these deaths. But her family, like, no, she's lovely. She's sweet. Like, she's Mm. always been a good mother. And it's when the dad goes in to their bedroom and she, he likes looking all over it, like under their mattress and stuff, and finds all of these love letters that she's written to like Ted Bundy, Charles Manson, all of these tape recordings that they've sent her back, like personally as well. And that's she's John Waters' fat. voice, isn't it? As well, the, the 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 audio recording of Ted Bundy is yeah John Waters. Yeah, that's right. Wow. That's right. And the whole obsession with uh, the sun is also partly based on John Waters, where his obsession with violence is he's kind of mirroring. John Waters life because apparently when John Waters was younger he was obsessed with car crashes and his family took him to a real car crash site and instead of being horrified he took notes on all the details and his kind of obsession with wow. William Castle and horror yeah so it's almost kind and of his a, mom's support of it and his well, mum's support of him film. yeah um so it's almost like uh semi-autobiographical in a in, in a weird sense in a, in a very John Waters way his mom said it was his favorite it was her favorite film Oh, really? I think so, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, Which is actually. really funny. Oh, that's quite sweet. That's quite sweet. Because I know they, they refused to watch Pink Flamingos or John Waters refused to show them Pink Flamingos because they just weren't going to have any of it. Because apparently his mum and dad, those supportive are quite... I mean, they're dead now, but they're quite straight-laced. So it was like, there's no way mm. I'm watch, letting them see Pink Flamingos. But yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Serial mum is, is the one. This was... It was a box office bomb at the time and I, I it had mixed reception from critics mm. but now this is one of his most adored films it's got quite a cult following the serial mom gets a cult following because they're the 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 son and his girlfriend because they work in a video store and they're also obsessed with horror they're like we're gonna make you a star don't worry mom you're gonna be famous <laughs> and all this stuff and then when she has her court case <laughs> accused of all this shit outside they're selling t-shirts with her face on it in jail with her like mugshot low-key i kind of want one I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you can buy them. I'm sure there is somewhere. No, I already looked. Oh, did you? (laughs) You definitely can. Yeah, you can. (laughs) You know, and there's, I also found this other really nice, like, pale blue shirt on it is her Kathleen Turner's face and it says Pussy Willow. Because when she goes over to that ditto woman's house, or whatever her name is, you know, goes to fuck with her. Like, at this point, she doesn't know who the caller is. She goes to fuck with her, and so she's looking around, and she was like, "Oh, that's a lovely pussy willow," and she says it in her sort of accent that she's been doing on the phone, and sort of like like playing mind games with her, and it's so fucked. Because she clocks it's her when she slips a word, doesn't she? And then she realizes mm-hmm. it's Kathleen Turner, but no one dares believe her because she's you know. And then and then she gets she gets um the other the woman who doesn't recycles Fabergé egg. 
that's been just chilling on the table. Shit, yes, the Fabergé egg. And then blames it on the on the woman on the other woman, and it's so mad. All because she took her parking space. Remind me, you ever seen God Bless America? Kind of a dark comedy, and it's of two people. It's like one guy who's just sick of life, and a girl who's a runaway, and they go on this killing spree where they kill anybody that winds them up, or they. You know, the Westboro Baptist Church, and they drive a car into them. It's that sort of like outrageous, justified sort of no, wait, what killing. Is it called? Uh, God bless America. It's very. It, it's got the same vein as Serial Mom. Uh, kind of like satirical dark comedy, justifiably murderous results. Yeah, this is a really. I thought the only bit that might have been like a bit too dark. It was the, the how they killed the friend because he witnessed the murder of the old lady uh, with the fucking lamb shank. He follows, she follows him, gives a car chase to him, and then the other, the family are also, like, trying to find Serial Mom, and, uh, they see the friend, who's Matthew Lillard's friend, uh, what was his name, Sonny? They yeah. see, speeding behind them is, uh, Kathleen Turner, who also waves at the family, like, a nice little wave. She was actually driving the car, and I think she just added the wave in, and I think even John Waters didn't notice that she waved until the screening. Yeah, she follows him to a punk club. Oh, that's right, L7 are playing. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, he, he gets on, he tries to run away from her, and then she drops, like, the lighting on him. Such a sick. She gets, like, a blowtorch, sets him on fire, and then the lead singer <laughs> of the band, like, spits alcohol on him, and then he's just literally generated to death. Then the police come in and they don't even try to put the fire out. They're just like, oh, I think you're arrested. <laughs> the son, who was like, that was his one of his closest friends, used to drive him to school. It's like, oh, well. The name of the band in the film, they're called like Camel Lips. And they've got these giant camel toes on under their leggings. The band in real life, are, why they, I think they were at headline, oh, they weren't headlining, but they were at Reading Festival or something. Live, the lead singer slash guitarist pulled her tampon out and ate it live. Um, yeah, yeah, they were like a wow. 90s grunge band. They did, actually, fun enough. That, yeah. I, I, I listened to the song straight after the film, and I was like, this is, well, this is going on my head. They did another song, which was in Natural Born Killers, funnily enough, called Shitlist. And it's all about, you know, Ooh. people on their shitlist, and they're going to get it. Uh, again, actually, now, now I'm thinking about it, there's a lot of weird similarities with this and um, Natural Born Killers. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> that's what I love about John Waters. There's a lot of, like, texture and, and you know, context to his film. Because who else? There's a couple of cameos in this film, isn't there? Isn't, um... Oh, God, what's her name? The the porn star who lied. Uh... Oh... Uh... Oh, yeah! And she wants to be Catherine That's Turner right. What is her bloody name? Oh, my God. She's on these... And she was friends with, shows. like, uh, the, the mob. Like, the... Yeah. Uh, Tracy Lords, yeah, sorry, Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. Tracy uh, Lords is in it. Tracy Lords. Joan Rivers is also in it as well. There's there's quite a few cameos. Joan Rivers is in it, yeah, as well. Oh yeah, Tracy Lords in Crybaby and stuff. I forgot about that. But yeah, Patty Hearst, Suzanne Summers, Joan Rivers, Tracy Lords all play themselves in cameo appearances. The film was also released on April 13th. It's just so funny, yeah. I don't think we talk about horror, comedy horrors enough, but this is just hysterical. It's really laugh out loud funny. It catches you by surprise as well. You're just like you didn't expect this to be that crease, and like I think Kozan, if your mum found it funny, my sister found it funny, and we all three of us found it funny. There's a big spectrum of people that watch and don't watch horror. And it is a it's a accessible film because my stepmom she's not really big into film but she loves this film. You know she know you know she loves Kathleen Turner in this film. Like, it is one of those films you could sit and watch with your family, and everyone will get a bit of a laugh at something different maybe but to be honest though do you reckon if someone showed this to their mom they're like is this what you think yeah possibly possibly, <laughs> possibly it might go two ways it, it might go two ways so be careful <laughs> warning your mom might kill you after yeah she might give you a hug or she might kill you if you go away it's a risk it's, a risk. it's worth taking because if it pays off you guys are gonna i think you'll be closer afterwards so we're we gonna rate this one ratings time i think i'm gonna give serial mom a four I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a four. I was going to give it a 4.5. So it's, so it's a four. Because I was going to say, because Pink Flamingos gets a five for me. And for me, John Waters never quite mm. topped Pink Flamingos. My housemate in first year, this Basque lady, Basque lady. she had it on DVD. Unfortunately, Serial Mum isn't available on any streaming sites at the moment. I tell you now, you wouldn't regret buying the DVD or... Even better, a John Waters box set. Yo, I might get really? that. Really? I didn't know there were a John Waters box set. Because I know they recently re-released Female Trouble. 
uh, for the first time. And no pink flamingos are still banned in this country because of the the chicken scene and the um, yeah. the Papa Oo Mau Mau. If any, you know, if you've seen pink, you know what I mean. Like, you know, it's like the singing mm -hmm. sphincter muscle um, and the blowjob scene. Yeah, like, there's still, but I love that. So good. So good. Oh, it's only used used Don Waters thing is like forty pounds for the box set. No, maybe I'm joking. How much is a box set? John Waters has done a lot for um, underrepresented women. You know what I mean? You know, hairspray, mm. crybaby, even this. Tracy Turnblad. Listen to me, Tracy. Do you gonna have some female Jezebel? <laughs> oh yeah. And Divine. Also a great also actress. Also a great actress. Divine. Divine. Apparently, Ursula from The Little Mermaid was based on I heard on that one, too. I heard that too. Which yeah. I love that. Have you seen the documentary, I Am Divine? It was on Netflix. I don't know if it is anymore. Really? Really, really sad, but really mm. good as well. Um, I love Divine. R.I.P. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, guys. Bye. See you next time. Peace and love, people. Stay safe. Until next time. Mm. 